Welcome to Feminized. It's time for a show that turns the spotlight on the powerful women shaping cannabis culture. The cannabis industry is on fire and women are sparking it up. If you like the show, please subscribe. You can also subscribe to the Feminized podcast with Liz Grow on YouTube and Instagram. The future is feminized. Today, I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest and friend, Ronit Pinto. Ronit is the founder and publisher of Honeysuckle Magazine. Honeysuckle is a female-founded, award-winning culture magazine that explores all of the taboo topics in society, all of the things that you and I need to talk about in depth. I had the best time filming this episode with Ronit in Austin during South by Southwest. Y'all enjoy. Hey, sis. You're now listening to the Feminize Podcast. Welcome, Roni Pinto, to the Feminize Podcast. Um, this is a place where I, I get to bring the most inspiring women in the cannabis industry to um, tell me about the exciting things they're doing and inspire other women to be closer to the plant, to follow their dreams. Um, and just to not not be afraid to make a mark and leave a mark. So, Bernie, you are an you're an Austin original. How did you get from Austin to New York as the publisher of Honeysuckle Media? So I was <laughs> big big question. Let's just you start with really the really want to know. <laughs> um, I was actually born in the Detroit area. Oh. I was born in Detroit, and um, my parents moved to Texas when I was like one and a half. Um, and my dad is from Israel, actually, so he was an immigrant. And we moved to Texas, and I was raised in Arlington, and then went to school in Austin, and then kind of flip flop between Detroit. Um, Tel Aviv, and then finally in New York, yeah. Um, and then I, I started Honeysuckle in Detroit, and I was also kind of working in film at the same time. Um, I did get a job at a, at a, as a publisher's assistant. That was really cool, and I, I just liked both worlds and just decided to go for it. Just decided to go for yeah. it. <laughs> has that been the way that your life has basically taken shape? Are you that type of woman who just... You just decide to go for it, and you go for it. Or is there? I mean, what is your process to you know making big risks, taking big risks? Yeah, you know that's a really interesting. That's a good question. I think I have always been a risk taker, always since I felt like I was an adult, which was honestly like around twelve. Like I just felt. I think some people, and you might too, like you kind of come into yourself at a certain age, and that might be viewed as too young by others, but that's not necessarily the case. So, um, for me, I got into a lot of like there was conflict between me and my surroundings you know for just kind of being myself or doing my thing and then um that can lead to a lot of self-doubt I think later in life when people are constantly telling you no you can't you know all that and that had that definitely had some psychological and like implications and so at a certain point I was literally just like fuck you everyone like you no one knows you know I don't think anyone really knows what's best for you except for you um, and at that point, it was just like I was at a time in my life where I kind of had to do it myself, you know, so. Wow. That's kind of what happened. Yeah, incredible. You just, you just went for it. And then what was that first big success that you had that signaled to you that, okay, I, I can trust myself. I am on the right path. Yeah. Well, you know, I've had a lot of opportunities that kind of like that. 
you know what I mean where they they were like came they were like big leaps from where I was to where I wanted to be and stuff like that I didn't always seize them but there was a point where I could look back and be like oh like I do have the ability to do this stuff you know like I can and and if I could do it for that person or back then I can do it now and I just started to to again just go for it and then like trust my instincts you know because that's another thing that gets sort of left out of the conversation mm -hmm. in terms of work and life instincts and, and I thought Absolutely. yeah what's gonna happen if I just do what I think what I want you know what I mean and no one can kind of say like no and then that's a lot of kind of the trajectory which is challenging but it's good absolutely <laughs> so how do you now that you know honeysuckle media is a very it's a successful media company how, how would you describe honeysuckle media because I don't want to yeah put words into your mouth um, we are cannabis and culture publication, um, B2B and B2C. Um, I think that our conversations extend beyond cannabis into, yes. you know, political culture, pop culture, um, you know, racial issues economic issues so I think that cannabis is a great lens to look at things through but I feel like the messaging is definitely beyond you know environmental issues things like that absolutely and you've got honeysuckle magazine mm -hmm. honeypot which is cannabis exclusive and then honeysuckle girl well those are have kind of merged okay yeah so okay. we did have honeypot and then during covid um, because we had kind of like two distinct print magazines. Honestly, what happened was we started Honeysuckle before the MRTA, which, you know, hmm. the tax law in, or the marijuana law in New York passed. So we started it before a lot of these states flipped and went legal. So people were confused and everyone, all the advertisers and stuff were like, you need two publications, one mainstream and one cannabis. So we're like, okay. And now everything's coming back together. So it's all in one and um, yeah. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful, all in one, all yeah. in this beautiful, um, just gorgeously put together magazine. So it's print and digital. Yeah. Um, but you've got to have the print. I feel like there's just something about flipping through these pages and, I mean, it's just so beautiful. Like, Thank you. Yeah, you've, you've done an incredible job. Um, people want to touch it. Yeah. Like, you definitely saw that at the party. People want to hold it and, you know. It's very special, um, but you. I guess so. So the the big question is, how do you justify listening to your instincts when you have um, you know other other parties who have interests in the in the company, yeah. you know, investors and advisors and you know people who are ostensibly helping you um, on your way, and you say, hey, I have an instinct. This is the direction I'm going to go. How do you justify that? Well, right now we're independent okay. still. So we haven't had, we're ad and sponsor supported, um, which, you know, is a struggle. Wow. Yeah. This is ad and sponsor supported. You do this with ads and sponsors, not investors. We don't have not yet. We need one. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this um, is so inspirational. I'm, I just have to say like, I, I, I wow. But, you know, this is we, incredible. I mean, it's thank you. Yeah. Um, we also do billboards, which helps. You know, we were the first to put cannabis and temp brands on billboards in Times Square. So we're able to do these really cool uh, social messaging billboard campaigns um, that we did for like Indigenous Day and things like that. Um, but right now, yeah, we're independent and, you know, like I said, ad and sponsored supportive. It's definitely a challenge. But 
I know I and my partner, Sam, like you guys work together, um, and the other people that we work with are just really, the people I work with are very talented and able to do different things. So we do a lot of the stuff ourselves, you know, we wear a ton of hats. Okay. Like I'm sure everyone does that has their own company. Right, right, absolutely. Um, that, that whole do-it-yourself attitude and build it yourself and finding a way is just, um, I find that that's, that's so strong within the women entrepreneurial um, subset, you know, women entrepreneur subset. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just a refuse to lose attitude and use what you have, right? It's about using the resources that you have. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, I read a quote um, that you, you, you gave about honeysuckle, and I'm going to read it, and I would love for you to expand because it was captivating to me. Okay. <laughs> um, you see honeysuckle as an answer to our dark urges to explore the connection between beauty and darkness and discover the nuances of life. <laughs> Talk to me about that. <laughs> I felt it. Um, I felt it. Thank you. Um, I, that was, um, I said that kind of more in sort of the beginning of the inception of the idea. I think that, um, you know, for a lot of us, probably women, even I would argue, we go through things and you, you have to deal with a lot of stuff. And it's just like that stuff can accumulate, you know, inside of you. And then it's like, what do you do with that? You know what I mean? Do you get angry? Do you do something negative? And I just wanted to turn it into something constructive and positive. Um, you know, it's only later in life and like through my journey or trajectory that I realized I think it was a direct response to what we'd call the patriarchal system, you know, or these limited things that are imposed upon us. So mm -hmm. I think for me that translated to darkness, you know, having to like deal with a lot of that for so long. Yeah. And so, yeah. Honeysuckle was just kind of like, let's breathe, like do something else. Let's breathe. Let's, yeah. let's talk about it at least. Let's yeah. just talk about it in a different way, maybe maybe a more empowering way. Yeah. Is really kind of the feel and the vibe that I get from Honeysuckle. It doesn't shy away from the taboo at all. Mm -hmm. It doesn't shy away from the, you know, the truths, the hard truths that we face, I think, in the society. But it does so in a way that's refreshing and empowering. And it makes me feel like there is a, a community or a tribe, if you will, that um, it's talking about these issues and we don't have to keep them inside or just deal with them, mm -hmm. you know, by ourselves. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then I think too, like, you know, there's kind of like not enough color in the world in terms of beauty, right? Absolutely. And so I think creating like a really pretty visually stimulating publication, which is part of the film background too, I think, um, is like part of it for us. Wow, so how has Honeysuckle grown through the years and evolved? Um, well, yeah, we, we started our first sort of like zine in 2015 and that was called Rebel Yell. It was really cool with like punk rock model, you know, from Detroit on the front. Yes. And, um, and then we just kept going. So like had like my first three smaller issues and then um, some bigger ones and then we got into cannabis in 2017-16 and it was when the conversation was really amping up mm -hmm. especially in New York so we had all of the like New Jersey Cannabis Commission um, people come like Leo Bridgewater, Kim can be Jake Plowden and they they were all like we invited about 12 people into our living room and they just like totally schooled us on because most of them are minorities like black and brown you know sure. not Anglo-American mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and um they uh explained like the war on drugs and their 
personal experiences with cannabis, which mm -hmm. I think if you're coming from the outside, you wouldn't necessarily know. It's something you really have to learn or have experienced. Um, and that that's when we really started scaling. I think cannabis is a huge conversation. And I mean, for, for me, it was just like a consumption thing, right? Something I did yeah. and it didn't have all these other things. And so um, we got national distribution in 2018, I think, like Barnes and Noble and Books a Million and all of that. And then um, COVID hit, and now we're doing more dispensary, like free model, and then you can buy them on our site. Um, but we've just been scaling. Like I think that, you know, as much as people say print is dead, there are a lot of people who still want it. You know, yeah. and I think that yeah, digitally. I'm one of yeah. those people. I okay. like to hold something, and I know that I'm not different. I know that I'm not the only one. I mean, it just there's just something about revisiting an ad or a page over and over again. You see different things, you learn different things, um, and I don't know. There's just something grounding about having a print publication mm -hmm. in your home and then something new on a regular basis but with a consistency of the of um, of the spirit really the freedom right yeah. like I know I'm getting something new um, every time a new you know a new edition comes out um, I'm getting the latest news um, and that that's I think that's what I love about it. I can hang on to it and just like study it you know I'm, awesome. I'm pretty I was an English major though so I do oh, like wow. to read and circle things and okay. you know highlight things oh, over and great. over um okay so here we are in austin yeah okay south by southwest is happening mm -hmm. uh you had an incredible panel yesterday yeah. on censorship mm -hmm. um tell me about how that went i mean that was very exciting mm -hmm. right like it was kind of a last minute add-on and um i was nervous because i've never spoken at south by southwest before but it went well, you know, I think it's certainly like an area I can speak to. We've had censorship in quite a few areas with the magazine and Wanho and Javier were really cool. So like honored to, you know, be able to be on a panel with them. That was cool. Yeah, so it was, it was about cannabis and censorship. That's a, that's a really hot topic right now, huge. Mm -hmm. Because as we see, alcohol brands have unfettered access to our advertising channels, to our Facebook, mm -hmm. to, to basically everywhere. Um, but yet cannabis is being locked out. Can you can you expand upon that and really what you're seeing as far as censorship goes? Yeah, so the panel actually interestingly was on, not on the cannabis track, it was on the brand and advertising track. Oh wow. Yeah, so I think wow, it was, good. yeah, right? Good. Exactly. Taking it out of the, oh, this is the cannabis track, but brand and advertising, it opens it up to a whole new audience. Yeah. If folks who have no clue about the uh, censorship that's happening in cannabis exactly or are very educated about it right so yeah so that was cool um and then you know weed maps um just tried to pass their uh, or they they submitted a super bowl commercial mm -hmm. and it was like broccoli so they didn't barely even mention cannabis i think they said the word once um and that was rejected and the super bowl like i think it's nbc yeah. is like no notoriously rejecting these cannabis commercials yes. <laughs> and um so uh so yeah so for us we um, you know, when it, well, we've had a lot of them. Like one of the most heinous ones that I did mention on the panel was like um, a niece bought some magazines for her uncle who's incarcerated because we actually had a distribution model for prisons. Mm. And um, they, we write a lot about social justice and yes. there's, you know, people, 
You had Kaimani Marley on the um, cover, was it the last? Damien. Damien, oh, I'm yeah. sorry, Damien, yeah. yes. That was awesome. Yeah, and, and so you really do shine a light on social justice issues, absolutely. You yeah. are one of the top publications that does that so consistently. Yeah. Um, so what happened with prisons? So we have people who were previously incarcerated who write for us, mm. and they know people who are still incarcerated, so they write about them or advocate for them. So his niece bought the issue for him, and they wouldn't. They sent a rejection letter that they wouldn't deliver it to him. Wow, no, no reason. Just sorry. they said cannabis, and you know, in Washington State where it's legal. And by the way, you can't smoke a magazine anyways, or even use it for paraphernalia. So, I mean, yeah, so. you could, I guess, but, um, and they, um, and they said there was nudity, which there wasn't. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So keeping the truth from those who are suffering because they were victims of the war on drug in the first place, so yeah. not even giving them connection to their tribe, just completely cutting them off. Yeah, it's pretty humiliating, I think, for them. It is. It's humiliating. It's inhumane. It's, um, and it's, it's sick. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the last hundred years, we've really we've we've all lived under the yoke of um, prohibition. Yeah, and in so many ways, we've seen how it's just been working to, I think, dismantle a healthy society. Um, the most obvious uh, example of being, you know, black men incarcerated mm -hmm. at an inordinately high rate, you know, taking them away from their families. How do you feel that Honeysuckle magazine really helps to push the the cannabis agenda um, within, yeah, I'll just leave it there. How do you think Honeysuckle Magazine helps push the cannabis agenda? Um, good question. I think that one, I think because we came at it from like a not purely industry perspective, mm -hmm. like we are more broad in pop culture. Mm -hmm. So I think and hope that it ties in a bunch of things together, right? So it's, it's elevating the conversation. You know, we've, right. we've been told that. So it's like, you know, you could talk about the tech, you could talk about the, the plant, you could talk about all this stuff, which we do, but I think connecting it to the environment, to celebrities, to, you know, just regular life. Yeah, it's like, yeah right? Yeah, yeah, that's the goal. That's it's, it. It's not about the cannabis. Yeah. It's about these fascinating um, things and people in our lives who are, um, who are fascinating to us and inspiring to us. Yeah. And cannabis just so happens to be, um, you know, a sidekick. I exactly. think in the story, mm -hmm. um, that's really what I've I've found about honeysuckle and cannabis isn't even in the name. You know, it's a it's a sweet. It's true. It's a sweet name, honeysuckle. Yeah. Where'd it come from? Um, I I uh, was like meditating, right? <laughs> I love it. Right. I love it. <laughs> Coming from the yoga master. Um, <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I was just like meditating or, you know, whatever it is you do when you're like in the zone and came up with the name. I kind of had like a vision around it and even like some imagery and we created a video around it. Like the first video I created for Honeysuckle was this like ethereal kind of fairy with these origami flowers and just everything's kind of in bloom and it went from black and white to color. And I guess that is kind of like a symbolic for, for who we are. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and you have, I mean, and that's... Honeysuckle has grown into, has grown to become this, um, I mean, it, it's so, it's great because it's a sweet name, but it's an edgy magazine. Yeah. So it's like, there's this tension there when mm. people talk about Honeysuckle magazine, <laughs> right? Do you feel that? Do you? 
Did you did you try? Did you set out to create that tension from the beginning, or it just came to you and you moved on that instinct? I think um, you know those were all good questions. Well, I did select the name at the time because bees are around honeysuckle, so. I mean, we all like that, right? Some dichotomy or tension. Um, you know, I don't know if it was fully strategic, but I knew I was, they're all the same to me. It's just like dark light, good, bad, not fully the same, but it's like, it's all just life, you know? Right. So I wanted to create a holistic conversation, I guess, you know, or publication. No one wants to feel censored. No. You know? No, not a, no, yeah. no. We want to feel free. We want to feel you know, we, we want to feel like we're learning something new. You know, our, we're being fascinated when we pick up a copy of a magazine, when we open up a website, teach me something new, shock me, thrill me, you know? Yeah. Tell me something exciting about my life because it's really boring right now. No, I'm just kidding. But really, <laughs> I mean, look, that that's you're trying to reach the masses, you know? Mm -hmm. You're trying to reach the masses and open up their minds. And, you know, I think you you've definitely definitely crushed that oh, cool. um, with this. So what's next for you and for Honeysuckle? Um, we are, you know, we need, we're at that business um, point where we need to sort of figure out, like, are we, you know, raising, pivoting, adding to our team? We mm. definitely need to add to the team. Um, you know, we have like our creative branches growing. So Sam, my fiance, um, who you met is, an incredible filmmaker and photographer and I actually I have a background too so together we were able to produce all this stuff so we have been doing videos for some of our clients and um, you know the film aspect so I would love for it to be like ultimately like you know vice films they have like a publication a platform and a film mm -hmm. aspect yes that yes, would be great yes. you know whether I'm not sure we can take it that far you know they're huge but um, we have to kind of see like what, what what makes sense. We have some print partnerships with some exciting people, so that they're all all the revenue streams are open. Everything's available. I think we just have to figure out like what we can physically do and what we need help for and what makes sense with our changing world, right? Right. It changes all the time. Absolutely. And with such big ideas, you know, you certainly can't do it alone. And you you know, small <laughs> team is can only go so far. Yeah. So you know, scaling so that you can reach you know, reach more communities. Um, I love to hear that. I love to hear that. I love to hear that. And I don't think that the idea of a, you know, kind of a vice type model is too big for honeysuckle at all. I think we absolutely need that in our society. Hmm. We do. And, you know, you know, we support it. Let us know how we can help. Okay, gosh, yeah, <laughs> be great. Yeah. So, how can people find you? Um, we are primarily found online www.honeysucklemag.com. Um, we have an events page now, by the way, if you're in New York. We, yeah. Yes. Have we'll be some. in New York next month for 420. Oh, awesome! So. Yeah, we do these really cool THC infused and inspired like burlesque and art events, oh, and God. yeah. Are you kidding me? That's no. like, that's exactly, exactly, exactly what everyone wants. Yeah. <laughs> like, give us something to be excited about and to go out, like get dressed up for. And yeah. the cannabis, I feel like, 
as an accompaniment to the night out. Yeah. If you certainly if you imbibe, if you're drinking alcohol, the cannabis is the perfect accompaniment to it. Keeps things balanced. It seems to keep things balanced. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. And exactly, it's just like um, you can go for a performance. We're tapping into kind of a new culture, I think, a little bit new demographic with cannabis. So yeah. it's like it's yeah. there, but it doesn't have to be your centerpiece, or it can right. if you want it to. Right. Right. Yeah. I love that. It's there, and um, you can choose whatever whatever you choose. Exactly. You know, I think that that's the freedom that we all seek, mm -hmm. you know, as responsible adults. Um, why can't we enjoy our plant medicine yeah. you know, alongside everything else we enjoy that's completely, you know, uh, completely there and open to us that may not be, you know, may not be the healthiest thing, Yeah, I think. And that's really what we're trying to teach Texans, um, you know, as, as Grow House doing what we do, Grow House Media, right? We do a lot of things, but... The engine that drives us is bringing information and bringing the truth back to our communities, mm -hmm. back to our people who are kept from that. Whoa, the light feels me. Strobe. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, when we, um, so in 2019, when uh, High Times TV launched, mm -hmm. we launched, we launched along with them, we launched our show Grow House on High Times TV. It's a really cute web series about two Texans who are passionate about cannabis who have to leave the state and yeah. go all over yeah. and just explore. It's very simple. It's like entry level cannabis for those people who want to learn. Wow. And um, you couldn't even download the High Times TV app in Texas if you had your geolocation turned on your phone. Wow. Okay? Yeah. Talk about censorship. Like our communities yeah. couldn't even have the information in the most PG-13 type of way. Yeah. You know, we're not encouraging bad behaviors. We're learning how to dab, you know? So. Yeah, Texas is fascinating. I mean, I, I not in the, Texas is just a weird, you know, especially because Austin's such an anomaly in the state, right? Right. Oh, so it's a, you know, little like blue oasis is what they say. Although, you know, I don't like to refer to those colors as much. I mean, it feels like a sucker's <laughs> choice. Oh. You know, it really does. Um, we're all human and, and we all, you know, have, we have rights and our, our right is to grow what we choose to grow on our land and take what medicine we choose to take for ourselves and our health and the health of our families. Yeah. And to me, that's not Democrat or Republican. And in Texas, you'd be surprised how much bipartisan support we do have. Yeah. We do have bipartisan support. It's just higher up in the um, legislation. Our lieutenant governor, to be specific, it's really conservative. Uh, incredibly conservative, and I feel like he's he's um, supported by um, big pharma. Mm, I feel like, yeah. I mean, you, you know, with yeah. politicians, you can follow the numbers. Yeah. So there's there's support from big pharma, and I believe there's support from privatized prisons as well, <sighs> because our governor can't even sign <sighs> bills into law unless our lieutenant governor allows it, allows him to see it. It's so just disgusting. It's foul. It's I wish we could somehow find that, like, the actual story and do some sort of, like, tell-all documentary. Like, you know, follow him around. Yeah. Well, I think we should just get an email thread going where I can just put information when I get it and sources. And you can keep it in a file and do with it what you will. But this man is repulsive. Evil. He's evil. He's not even from Texas, I like to mention. 
Really? No, and he, so we went to, so what we do, we don't, we, we, we you know, you can't just complain about it. You, I really do want to meet these people that I, I believe are stopping cannabis yeah. progress in Texas and start a conversation and at least find out why, you know, where their perspective is to try to change it. Um, and he, so we went to a rally the couple weeks ago and it was a nationalistic message. It was not a Texan message mm. at all. It was a red, 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 Ew. let's keep this, it was. Like what? Well, um, it was all, well, he spent about 20 minutes talking about being in the, um, in the limo with Donald Trump and you know, telling these funny stories that don't mean anything, that are really playing to a crowd of 60-year-olds and 70-year-olds who don't want their land taken and you don't want their guns taken and you help us, help us keep our things. Do you, do you feel that? You know what I'm yeah. talking about? And um, I, don't ha I don't have the words to describe that, that group and I don't want the words to describe yeah. that group because they're Texans too. And they're, they're, they're my people too. Yeah. And they're being marketed to. Yeah. Very, very strongly, and yeah. so, so we actively try to break up that illusion of the Texas as the perfect state. And it's like, hey, wait a minute, our farmers are suffering. Our farmers are dying off. Where the second generation, third generation, fourth, fifth, they don't want to farm anymore. There's nothing there for them. Mm -hmm. And we're an agriculture state. There's something wrong with that. And so with the fight against cannabis came the fight against hemp as well okay and, and <laughs> okay <laughs> we don't even need to get into that is that like for the paper did he have, does he have investments with the paper companies too do you think or uh, no it's just ignorance okay if we let hemp in we're letting we're letting wacky tobacco in it's too close it's almost as if Rooney, they don't want to fully understand the issue of keeping this plant from the people and putting people in jail. Like, they don't even want to learn. No. So, you don't know, I think you care. should blow them up in honeysuckle. But you can help us. I will, definitely. Oh, God, you can count on us. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, Love it. Thank you. I'll, I'll get off my... I'll get off he's my, not even Texan. He's not. He's from Baltimore. He's a slimy... What a poser. It's a slimy crab sandwich, is what I call them. But, um, okay, so before we go, I ask all of my guests the same three questions, and I'm dying to know your answers to them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the first question is, who is in your dream smoke circle? Three people, dead or alive? <sighs> That's a good question. I feel like it would be in Jamaica. Um, I mean... Definitely Bob Marley, I feel like, would be, and maybe his son, Damien. Mm -hmm. And then there's this guy, Isaiah, actually, who I met in Jamaica, who was a Rastafari, and we mm -hmm. smoked with him in the hills, and he was just, like, channeling all this really cool information. Yeah, it was so amazing. So, actually, I would smoke with him. Yes. Yeah. Back Isaiah. there in the hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You bring Bob and Damien into the hills and just. Yeah, I think. I mean, I haven't actually thought too much about that, but I feel like I should have a female in there too. But we'll definitely say Isaiah, Bob, and then you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> about that. my God. <laughs> what that mean? Is, that's what I call the golden ticket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, um, interestingly enough, and I'm, I haven't shared this, I don't share this with a lot of people because um, it sounds really weird, but I believed... Well, at one point in my life, we were going through a really, really tough time with the business, having to make some really tough decisions. And I was super, super stressed. And um, 
I was actually taking a shower and I was raising my arms. They got stuck there. I'm not kidding, they were stuck there. And in my mind came Rita Marley. Wow. Rita visited me. And they were up, I'm like, I, okay, I'm taking it. And it's, it was just, I I don't even know what the message was, but it's like, we're doing this. Oh, that's crazy. We're gonna keep going. Like I had the sense of just, but Rita. Wow. I know, I know the Marley family is so powerful, such a strong force. Yeah. You know, just um, our our cannabis, not even cannabis, just a strong force in life. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's not even cannabis. Revolutionary. Right. Yeah. Truly. So, um, okay. Sorry, I digress. Second question. (laughs) Second question. What other woman is inspiring you right now in the cannabis game? Uh, Um... I mean, honestly, I think it's collective. Like, I really do. I think that we just had a photo shoot with um, some women in Detroit, not or not Detroit, New York, not all of them. And we had like, I don't know, almost 30 women show up or 27 women. And, and putting the list together, you realize, like women have such a strong presence in cannabis. There are a lot, you know, and I know that they don't, we don't take up many of the sweet, 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 C sweet spots or board, um, appointments, but for but there's still a lot of us. So oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You know what do you think about that? We don't take a lot of the C-suite spots or the board appointments. I I kind of feel like honestly we have to kind of do our own maybe start our own businesses. You know what I mean? I just think that we can try. I, I don't really know. Like mm-hmm. I have never applied for a C-suite spot, but. I mean, if it's a male culture, like, I don't know, do you even want to be there in the first place? Like, not to say, like, there's, right. n- I love men, you know what I mean? I sure. love working with men and we do all the time, but it's like, sure. you know, do you want to do that or do you want to create something more aligned with your own values? Mm-hmm. It's harder, but I also know that, like, post COVID, that's happening. There's, like, more businesses opening, more small businesses. So I would recommend that. Absolutely. As that's an great alternative. Advice. Yeah. Don't try to fight the system, don't try to swim upstream necessarily. Yeah. You know, make your own way. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I love so. that. Okay, so last question. Okay. What advice would you give to 13-year-old Renee? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I'd probably tell her just to keep going. Don't worry. You got this. You know, yeah. just keep going. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Good. Don't worry. Because I think all of us, like, had our moments where we're like, oh, I'm never going to live through this. You know, I'm going to die. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Just, yeah, that's an eighth grade time period. So that's why I like to ask about it. Like, the worst time period, I think, in a woman's life. What would you tell yourself? Oh, my God. Uh, Nobody's ever asked me that. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, God. You got to trust yourself. This this is the only only person that matters. The only voice that matters is this one. Is this one. And that sounds very selfish, but I was blessed to have um, you know, two parents in my home who um, you know, certainly weren't perfect, but you know, I had two parent household and they guided they guided me. Um, but I think I, I listened. I I was too wrapped up in their thoughts and, mm-hmm. and their validation and then that transferred over to in school you know what do the teachers think of me and then oh. at work you know and so I'm living to please these you know authoritarians and, and and there came a point where it's just like it wasn't my life any longer wow and I'd shut my voice down for so long I had built up wonderful skills thankfully yeah. to help me make the leap out of that fucking mindset um, yeah but yeah I was definitely 
kind of wrapped up in, in that whole checking in with other people huh. and how I'm doing. Did you have anxiety? Because that would cause anxiety, right? Oh, definitely, okay. definitely. And I think that's where, you know, I think that's, you know, running to me was a real outlet um, and mm. a real freedom. You know, I, I run a lot as, as a teenager and, you know, 20s, a lot. And, you know, it's like, what are you running from, sis? Yeah. You know? That's great that you yeah. were just so positive with it. Like, I think I uh, kind I of had the opposite reaction. Yeah. Just like, fuck you to all the authorities. <laughs> yeah. Like, to the point where it was like, <laughs> Think a little bit. Yeah. Hey, but you know what is right? You know, there is no right way mm-hmm. um, to to um, to change and to evolve and to, I guess, come out of that cocoon, you know, and emerge as an independent person in this insane world that we live in as, um, you know, women in, in America trying to do big, yeah. big things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, there is no right way to do it. You know, and I, and I do, I feel so lucky that I was a runner and I could channel it in that direction. Yeah. And, then, and I think that's where the yoga came in. You know, back to our earlier conversation. I mean, you know, running can take its toll on, on your yeah. body after a while. And uh, I never really considered yoga because it didn't feel as active mm-hmm. for me. But um, yeah, I found a really, I got to tap into that and um, ch- I, I channel that way, I channel stress that way. And then, you know, I'm sure I drink too much and smoke too much and all the bad <laughs> things. Too. So well, you seem to be doing all right. Thanks. <laughs> oh, Ronit, I'm just, just, it was such a pleasure to be able to do this in person. Yeah. You know, you've been such an inspiration to me and to Patrick. Um, you really are leading the charge. Your voice is so strong. Um, and don't stop. Don't stop. We need you. Aww. We need you now more than ever. And I have no doubt that the right group of people who have funds to pump into an organization like Honeysuckle mm-hmm. that are doing big things, changing minds, opening minds, will come along and let you do what you need to do freely Aww. and unencumbered. <laughs> because that's the type of investment you need. You need somebody who just trusts you. Aww. Um, to go with Thank it. Thank you. Yeah, you'll find that. That means a lot. Oh, I have no doubt. My sister, no doubt. And we want to help you in any way possible. Oh, I'd love to work with you guys more and get Absolutely. to know each other more. Yeah. yeah definitely. Thank you. Definitely. And, and it would be great to talk to you offline about working with your, your partner on creative endeavors. Mm-hmm. It can be very stressful and so rewarding. Yeah. And the reason we do it is because it's so rewarding, but it's also like... So much is on the line. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then someone has to boss the other person, right? Right. So yeah. then that creates a funny, like, I <laughs> yeah. end up being the boss. And I'm like, why don't you know this or whatever? Oh, yeah. yeah. You're the boss. You're the lover. You're the yeah. best friend. You're planning the wedding. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you know. Feeding uh, the cats, whatever. Yeah, yeah. All the things. All the <laughs> things that, you know, the, the domestic duties. But I think that's beautiful. And you're clearly living a life that you have, um, you have created, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's freedom, you know, so. Thank you. Keep it up, my sister. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. If you'd like more, subscribe to the Feminized Podcast on YouTube. Follow at Feminized with Liz Grow on Instagram. Special thanks to our sponsors, Moose Labs and Richard's Rainwater. The Feminized Podcast is a Grow House Media production created by Liz Grow. Produced by Patrick Pope, Dance Red, with original theme music and audio mixing by Q at Q to King Productions in New Braunfels, Texas. <laughs>